Hello and welcome to the A Beautiful Game podcast, URY's middle of the week football discussion show. Joining me today as per usual, Josh Westwood, Alex Tan Brown, Harry Dennis, hello. Hiya. Hello. 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 Weekend was there. It existed, it was depressing and irritating, but yes, it happened. Did it, it, did it actually happen? I didn't realise there was football on. I, th- I think it, it happened. Bad. Like, I'm, I'm a some, I'm some percent sure that it happened. By the way, I saw. We'll, we'll talk about this on the podcast. Josh sent a thing to our group chat, like, how many of these have you done during lockdown? Like football related. I think my answer was like three. Really? Oh, I had you down for higher. I, I can't remember them Ooh. off the top of my head now. Then again, but... Alex. A lot of them were like mainstream things. So oh yeah, yeah. Hipster, I know. mean, there definitely is a problem with watched four Premier League games in a day. I will admit, by if only because one of them games would have inevitably been Brighton against Crystal Palace, and I would have gone. Actually, no, that's, a, that's an interesting game. Burnley against Crystal Palace, and yeah. I would have gone. No, no, I'm going to put on a different watched four games in a day. Definitely. But I've never there complained is... about fake crowd noise. I'm never back to team from Belarus, which is football hipster. Um, um, that I... shocked me. Um, watched an old game on YouTube. Um, I, for one, five year plus career in football mince. manager. No, so... actually, I don't think I have. I don't think I've any Ooh. savers made it to five years yet. Um, or okay. like Hello. during lockdown. Guilty. Because, yeah, I, pick, ex- I play multiple. If I was to exchange to FIFA career mode, then yes, I probably would have done. But... Mm. Yeah, but FIFA career modes for the B-Techs who don't understand Football Manager. Yeah. Um, oh, I've I've hosted a Zoom football quiz, technically, considering the, of all of the quizzes we've done on here. Yeah, sure. that counts. So that's two. Um, yeah, watch an old game, watch a classic football documentary, and host a Zoom football quiz. I think that's it. You almost watched the entirety of Euro 1996. Yeah. I, think I actually didn't. everything. I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't, actually. I only got to, like, the sixth or seventh game, because I, I found out about it relatively late on, and then when the Bundesliga came back, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to watch it. I, I really wanted to watch the Elland Road games. I, because I, I did like, start watching the Bundesliga because it was on. Yeah, mm. I was just so happy that some football was back. I didn't but care I didn't pick... that it was mine's Schalke. I was just happy yeah. it was here. Do you remember, oh, do you remember them t- days where everyone cared about Augsburg all of a sudden? Yeah. I miss the days where people care about Augsburg. Are Augsburg in the plan today? I forgot if I've mentioned them. I don't think they are. We all cared about Werder Bremen potentially bringing it back from the brink of going no. down again. Augsburg are not in the plan. So, see, no one cares about Augsburg. It's a shame. What was the first game that we watched um, that was back? Because I think, was it Dortmund Schalke? Yeah, that was the first one I seen of us. I watched the Spy Bundesliga that morning. Because, I mean, you know, it was something to do, wasn't it? Sure. Um, but, yeah. And we, we talked about it. We had Spy Bundesliga conversation on, a, well, and university, but on a beautiful game. It was fantastic. Anyway. In the spirit of hosting a Zoom football quiz, I have a new feature that's probably only going to last one week called an adequately difficult football question. Who were the last team to win the Premier League the year Leeds finished in the top half of the Premier League? Or in the same year that Leeds finished in the top half of the Premier League? This is an adequately difficult football question. Arsenal. Arsenal is correct, yes. 2001-2 is the correct um, season. I was trying to wonder whether it was 0-2-0-3 when Man United stopped oh. three seasons in a row. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was it. Then 0-1-0-2 they finished fifth. 
2-0-3 and finished 15th and then 0 3 4 they were relegated obviously so yeah congrats to, on getting that adequately difficult football question anyway we're going to our games of the day then and I'm going to start mind a surprising one if you don't know what happened it's a wide lead one a severe one there's only one reason this game's been picked Bono scored the keeper the keeper scored the goal in the 94th minute to equalise for Sevilla what more do you want from a football match I mean it's perfect I love it there's nothing more that needs to be said I've obviously won Alex Tam Brown your game of the weekend uh, my game of the weekend is my game of the weekend not because it was any good but because it just perfectly characterised Arsenal's season for the first 30-35 minutes Arsenal were and I am going to avoid swearing so you don't have to make this explicit they were absolutely dire they were so bad to be 3-0 down to West Ham I know they're having a good season but to be 3-0 down to West Ham is shocking right well, yeah fair enough we managed to pick it out the bag and get a 3-3 draw but Oh my days, it was bad. Okay, that's not done a good job of convincing me. If that's if that was your aim, game of, game of the day for the for the football neutral because it was a fantastic. Oh game yeah, 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 game. absolutely, absolutely. And it looked like when it got to three three, it looked like any team could score. Have your game of the weekend. I went for Juventus nil Benevento one. Just another game from the Serie A where you watch Juventus just slip away from where they were last season and just look at how great and unpredictable a league Serie A has been this season. And before the game, um, Agnelli and Ronaldo were on the pitch holding up a greatest of all time shirt because um, Ronaldo's passed, what, 700 and whatever goals, I think it was. Uh, and that sort of foreshadowed what was going to come next, to be honest. We'll get into the game later on, but Josh, your game of the weekend. Uh, okay, yeah, so I suppose for the neutral, it's Leicester getting to Wembley for the first time since, I think, 1982 in the FA Cup semi-final, something on those lines. Um, in any case, um, I just wanted to rant uh, Leicester at three, Man United one. Yeah, I just want to rant and that's the only reason I picked it. But for the neutral, I suppose it's Man United losing Leicester with the convincing win to the semi-finals of the FA Cup. Do you want to have that rant now? Because I did have the FA Cup quite far down the schedule. So we, we can just do that rant now if you want. Yeah, sure. So, uh, fuming because Oli, by and large, he's a decent manager. I think he's an upgrade on, on Louis van Gaal and Jose Mourinho. However, he has one game in every five or six, which is just mystifying. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Selection-wise, um, Matic and Fred's, on form should have never worked. Uh, Donny van der Beek is a six, he's not a ten. And Pogba on the wings when that was complete and balanced was ridiculous. And uh, a true to form, he refused to change it when it wasn't working at Leicester, who admitted he had a fantastic performance. Their midfield is light years ahead of United's and there's a reason why they're, they're doing so well this season. Absolutely fantastic. All credit to them. Uh, however, it's Oli is so bizarre in his man management. Um, Fred was having an awful game, yet it took the I think it was the eighty second minute, eighty uh, fourth minute until he was taken off. Uh, that mystifying back pass for for Leicester's first goal, uh, evidence of his of his season really. But but Oli is very stubborn with his changes, and when they do come, they come too late. I, I do not. He just has, like I say, one game in every six where the tactics are completely off. Uh, Brendan Rodgers did a fantastic job and completely outscored him. So uh, my question, I guess, is 
Man United fans seem to be getting rather tired of Oli, in a way. They're, they're fed up with some just bizarre tactics, bizarre substitutions, and the flippant way with which Oli uh, manages it after the game. He's always smiling after a loss in press conferences. He's always very jovial, and it does it rubs a lot of United fans up the wrong way. So I guess the question is, if Oli doesn't win anything this season, um, if he maybe gets top four, maybe doesn't, at what point do you expect more from him? At what point is he under pressure by just not winning anything and continuing to bow out in the quarters or the semis of, of cup competitions? Can I answer your question with a question? Sure. If he was sacked, let's just say he was sacked today, okay, and yeah. Man United came to you and said, you're in charge of hiring <laughs> the new manager, which, to be honest, knowing Edward Wood would not be particularly surprising... <laughs> Who would be replacing him? Because I think I think that's where the that's where the pressure would come from more than anything else is if they can suddenly get a much better manager. I think that's fair. Um, I mean, I always like Tuchel, to be honest with you. Um, I'm quite jealous at Chelsea and how how um, he's got them playing. I think he was he would probably have been the right choice. Um, obviously, Nagelsmann, if if he becomes available, then that's that's really a no brainer. Uh, just someone with a bit of tactical nous or news, however you pronounce it, because Ollie's is so very naive. Maybe not Potticino, although he might seem the right fit with Premier League experience, uh, given mm. how he's doing at PSG. Uh, off the top of my head, Nagelsmann, or if yeah. somehow you'd wrangle, if Tuchel gets sacked from Chelsea, if Chelsea do a, a, something bizarre and do that, they'd be my top two. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be too much of a surprise. No, I'll be honest. I, I, I like Ollie. I, and I, I, I get that it can rub you up the wrong way when he's happy, but after a game or just being jovial or whatever. But I, I like that the stress isn't getting to him, mm-hmm. and you know it's a very stressful job. I don't think he's, you know, as relaxed as he can sometimes come out as. But I think that's the face he wants to put on in. In press conferences and more power to him, but I, I just like him. I like the guy. I'll be honest, so do I shouldn't. I. But he's just a, he's a cracking lad, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so for Leicester, then we'll we'll talk about Leicester real quick. You're right. Um, sure. FA Cup semi final, first time since 1982. Good. I I don't know where That's I was going fantastic. with that, but good. Uh, the, this this Leicester side, I think, rightly needs to be considered in if you're having a top six, right? Leicester have to be in that for me. Um, Brendan Rodgers has got some very good players playing, a lot of them playing almost above where you'd sort of put them. Uh, he's a very good manager. He's proved he's a very good manager. Um, did he deserve to be sat from Liverpool? Probably about that time, but you can't deny with what he sort of did there and stepping up with Leicester, he's very adept, very, very adept. So are they finishing top four? Most likely. Should they be considered as a very, very good Premier League side? Absolutely. I think they're going to win the FA Cup. They've got Southampton in the semi-finals. And it's either... Is it Chelsea or Man City that are in the other semi-final? I think Leicester can beat either of those. You know, we've seen Man City get to FA Cup finals and they've bottled it. They've bottled it at semi-finals against Mm. substandard Arsenal teams. I'm sorry, name a surprising side that have beaten Man City in a final, Wigan. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I definitely agree that Leicester are going to finish top four, and I think yeah. I don't agree with the fact that it's a top six now. I think there's probably, I think we can argue top, there's now a top eight. Top eight, yeah, that's fair. Top eight, and I think Everton go into that bracket. Carlo Ancelotti's got them 
you know, playing quite well. Mm-hmm. I know they're only in eighth at the moment, but to say that they're in the conversation with with like Leicester and, and Tottenham and Liverpool to get to that Europa League space, I think fair enough. I think West Ham are kind of going to fall away towards the end of the season. I don't see them sustaining where they are in the table. I see them sustaining some sort of form, but I think there's the top eight are City, United, Leicester, Chelsea, Spurs, Liverpool. Not in that order, but in one of those orders. Mm. By the way, because we mentioned Milan here, 5.38 odds for the qualifying for the Champions League. Man City more than 99%, Man United 94%, Leicester 70%, Chelsea 66%, Liverpool 27%, Tottenham 22%, West Ham 17%, Everton and Arsenal 2%. So... 538 save a chance to Leicester make of the Champions League are very high at the moment. Let's go into some other Premier League games then, and we'll start with Brighton 3, Newcastle 0. It turns out Brighton can put the ball thing in the net thing. <gasps> so they, they can hit a barn door with a guided missile. It in turns fact, they out can. they can, especially I'm when shocked. they're playing Newcastle. I'm, I'm just going to say this, right? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's Newcastle United. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if Brighton didn't beat Newcastle, I would have been very worried for Brighton. <laughs> is that Alex? Is that the new It's Tottenham lads? It, yeah, <laughs> it is. It, it is Newcastle, and Steve Bruce was brought in to sort of steady the ship at Newcastle, and arguably he's failed because he's just not done it whatsoever. No win in their last five. They're looking Eve. It's looking dangerous how close they are to Fulham. They've. Got, and when you look at the relegation battles, you always look, oh, who's got a game in hand? And Newcastle have got a game in hand over Fulham. I don't see them moving any further up the table. <laughs> you know, where they game in hand, the game against Man City or something. Who's going? Eh, nope. But that's that's the thing. They sometimes they'll put in a decent performance against a side, and you'll you'll kind of be lulled into a false sense of security of oh maybe, but then they'll just go out and lose against Brighton, who have been shocking in front of goal all season. I just don't understand the point of Newcastle. I feel like they need to be relegated every four years to... I mean, as a city, cracking city, but as a club... They're ran so poorly. Yeah. That's the thing. They're ran so poorly. Actually, whilst we're on the topic, we'll mention Fulham 1 leads 2. 5.38 now save, and Newcastle and Fulham both have a 47% chance of going down. Can they pay me? Not not Fulham or Newcastle can 5.38 pay me, I've just realised. But anyway, both 4-10% chance of going down at the moment. Looking at Fulham's remaining fixtures, are we somewhat worried? Because I think only three of them games are at home, and a lot of them are against strong opposition. I mean, I, c- I can understand where you're coming from, right? But we have seen this Fulham team beat Everton. We have yeah. seen this Fulham team... Beat Liverpool. Beat Liverpool at Anfield, yeah. They played yeah. really well against City. They played really well against Tottenham and were unlucky to lose. You know, I reckon they, they, mean, they, could, they could beat Wolves. They need oh, yeah. Newcastle oh, yeah. plus three points to survive, which begs the question, how many well, points are Newcastle going to get between now and the end of the season? They the played case, Newcastle on the ooh. final day. Yeah. yeah, and Burnley that's, as well. That's, that's going to be a, an absolutely game. massive game, isn't it? Uh, Villa, mm. possibly... Wolves, yeah, sure. Arsenal, game, that's that's tough. Chelsea. I think the games you pick out if, as Fulham are Burnley, Burnley at home, Southampton, Southampton away, Newcastle at home. Yeah. Those are your three key games until the end of the season. Burnley, you can win that. Southampton, 
with their form, I think you should be looking at getting getting that over the line. And mm. Newcastle on the final day, you've you've got to be looking at that and going, yeah, we want to win this. Yeah. Newcastle have got Spurs, Burnley as well, uh, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, Man City, Sheffield United, and Fulham. Ooh, so they're equally, games. yeah, difficult. I'd, I'd say that's a worse run of games than Fulham have got. Their final two are the easiest games. So the Burnley's away, though. I'd, yeah, Burnley mm. away. I can see them maybe getting a point Burnley away and possibly beating Sheffield United. The significance of them being the last two games as well is quite, quite crucial because it'd be better to play them easy games earlier when you watch the highlights of Newcastle's game against Brighton they just looked defeated throughout yeah. mm. they looked like they didn't know what they were doing they looked like they'd lost hope they looked like they're all really negative and if it's going to go to the last two games when they know they're absolutely must wins then that's only going to increase the pressure that they come at a really bad time in my opinion I think but I think it would have been better if they were early the thing on is, in the if season if Fulham pick up a surprise three points say against Arsenal or Chelsea that they really could do it. Old they could, they well. could do it. Yeah. If, if they if they pick up those three points, that really puts the pressure on Newcastle. And can that Newcastle squad handle the pressure? Yeah. I don't think they can. No, no. So the key question about Newcastle then is: How do we think Chris Wilder would win the championship? <laughs> I don't great, see him managing that. They it would they be fantastic. Would... Every time they come down to the championship, at least in my lifetime, they absolutely break it. So Chris Wilder is going to become the Newcastle manager and they'll get over 100 points. That's my bet right now. I, I and see be, sacking Steve Bruce. I, I see them sacking it. Steve Bruce, I'll be honest. I think he's just. I think Ashley's just waiting for, I don't, I don't know, what his sports direct's price to increase. I don't, I don't know. Flannels Ashley's to start selling some <laughs> rip-off coats. Have you ever been in flannels? It's ridiculous. I feel sorry for Newcastle. They're a club that are made for the top ten. Yeah. And they just yeah. ran so awfully. They're such a such a wonderful fan base as well. They really warm to you. Or you really warm to them, sorry. Meanwhile, I will give credit to Scott Parker for, you know, being actually more honest than I was expecting during the post game interview after the game with Leeds. I I didn't think they were completely outplayed, which was what he said, but yeah, I, I still have confidence in them in staying up, mostly because I like Scott Parker and his exquisite jackets. I mean, come on, they're fantastic. Anyway, we'll move on to the other game then. One already mentioned, West Ham 3, Arsenal 3. I I went out to my dad when he, he wasn't watching this game. I went out when it was 3-0 and I said, they're going to absolutely pummel them into the ground. Uh, West Ham are going to pummel Arsenal into the ground. That didn't happen. What no. forced the turnaround? Um, Arsenal woke up. That that's that's, that's the worst thing. Convenient. It took us till three 0 down to finally realise. Oh, we're in it. We're in a game here. We there was a there was a hangover from Europe from the European game in in midweek, um, and Callum Chambers was the spark for the revival, and we we didn't. We didn't uh, defend well at the start. I think Arteta said that his side's performance will give him nightmares. You know, it was it was that bad at the start. But 
it, it's one of those games where you look at it as an Arsenal fan and you just go, why have we got, like, it's, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. You know, the start was horrendous. It was so, so bad to be 3-0 down away to West Ham after 32 minutes. A team that we really kind of don't lose to. You know, we can go on a horrible run. We'll play West Ham and we'll do all right. Um, Substitutions were made a bit late from an Arsenal perspective. But again, it's a case of Aubameyang isn't really firing at the moment. I think that's that's the problem. Hmm. Did Aubameyang turn up late again? No, Aubameyang no, started no. on the right wing and then moved to the left wing. It just, just it it was, didn't work. It, it was two own goals that yeah, you got your goals through. Yeah, we didn't score until the 82nd minute, like us actually scoring. West Ham scored five. Oh, God, yeah. But still it's, through 3-3. It's Craig Dawson's goal goal of the weekend. Because that was, that was a finish. Straight into oh, the top it. corner. I mean, it was wonderful. That's one of the best taken home goals I've ever seen. Yeah, I do actually. If if he, if he misses that, it's tapped in anyway. Yeah. So it's, he, he tries I'm, to do his best. I'm gonna call it a James Lawrence because the same thing happened to a. Well, no, it wasn't the same thing. It, it ball was chipped over the keeper, and he tried to clear it and kicked it into the net. But if he not touched it, it would have just rolled into the net anyway. Yeah. So it, it feels like his the odds of it going in if he'd missed it were near 100 percent anyway. So. Unless you like and, Fernando Torres, is it? I, know, I love him. He's fantastic. I know Suchek was given the own goal because it deflected in off him, even though it was mm. going wide. But him and Declan Rice and Jesse Lingard in that midfield three had a fantastic game for West Ham. You have just reminded me, actually, game. for the Suchek, so, Suchek opening goal, the difference in how the commentators talked about it was quite interesting because on Sky, they said... And t- they immediately identified what had happened because obviously Antonio uh, was. Did he head it or I can't remember exactly what he did now. But oh, this was the three 0 goal, yeah. No, I think this was the. Uh, what's it for one? No, oh, Lingard my... scored first. Then oh Jan yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, two no, minutes I, after. I came down late. That's why. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Antonio goes for goal, and he when when it goes in, he doesn't celebrate at all. He doesn't even look at it. Look at and it look look even joyful about it and the commentators immediately identify I, he thinks he's it's gone in off Suchek and he's trying to give Suchek credit for the goal and say no it's his goal which is very sportsmanlike which was correct that is exactly what had happened however match of the day decided that what happened is that he thought it was offside and that VAR was going to ruin the fun again oh the VAR ruining everything shut up and that's <laughs> words why don't you yeah <laughs> So, but that's exactly what they said. I was like, he's worried that VAR is going to ruin his form. This is, uh, you know, killing celebrations and all that. I was like, it's quite clearly not that. That's not what's happened. So he just knows the ball went in off Suchek, and it's Suchek's goal. That's what happened. And so I was just really surprised how stark the difference was, because Sky identified it immediately, and when he thinks Suchek's got that, it's his goal, and he deserves credit. And match of the day went, VAR! And honestly... <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, we'll move on then to some of the games of the Championship. Brentford won, Nottingham Forest won. It's nice to see that Brentford's annual collapse is starting again. Great. They had so many chances. So many chances to put this game away. And they they didn't 
Nottingham Forest also should have had a penalty in, I believe, the first half. Mighton books for diving. It was the wrong decision. You could say it would have been a light penalty. What you can't say is that he dived or simulated or anything because he, there was definite contact that forced him to go to ground. It just, it was, uh, for me, it was a penalty. Whatever it was, it definitely wasn't a booking. Championship refereeing, just brilliant. There was a bit of controversy around Forest's equaliser, but I'll be honest. I mean, it would have been ruled out maybe if VAR had been there, but Forest also would have got a penalty if VAR was there, or at least I'd not got a yellow card for diving, even though he didn't dive. So I I don't I I don't use a lot of the argument of like it all balances out in the end, but it feels like it all balanced out in the end. So I I don't think this is anything particularly controversial. Thomas Frank after the game. Quite interesting. Brentford have been on this awful run. They've been doing really poorly. They started to lose touch with Watford in them automatic promotion places. He's focusing on the positive, so he wants to focus on the performance. He said, look, at the end of the day, we played better than Nottingham Forest did. We deserve the win. We would have won on most days. You know, it's just that sort of rub of the green wasn't with us today. And I was... I was surprised by that and not surprised by that. I think it's a good idea to try and get the team looking at the positives because if, if they focus on the negatives too much, their heads will go down. It's only going to make this bad run turn into an even worse run. But at the same time, they would have won. As he, he was right, correct, they dominated the game. They would have won if the strikers had been able to finish. And the only goal of the game for Brentford came through an Ivan Tony penalty. So, I mean, he's getting his goal count up. Good for him. But... It feels like with the amount of attacking options they have, one of them should have been able to finish at least something. Anyway, this next game made me sad. Very sad. Barnsley won, Sheffield Wednesday 2. Ah, yes. My game of the uh, the weekends. I mean, technically it was an upset, right? So, so it was a game of the weekend, but... Yes, but we were all hyped to get on the Barnsley train and it never got out of the station. We don't like Sheffield Wednesday. We don't. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm so anti-Darren Moore all of a sudden, because I don't support Doncaster Rovers. I don't really care for Doncaster Rovers. I've been asking them to get promoted for championship this year, but, you know, I'm not going to feel anything if they don't. But I was just like, I see him at, as Sheffield Wednesday manager and go, well, you left Doncaster Rovers for that. I hate you. Or strongly dislike you. I don't hate you, obviously. That's not... That's strong. But still... Strong. I... This game disappoints me in so many ways. I did love when, I think it was Callum Morris scored Barnsley's only goal, but you have the builders on the cherry pickers outside the ground going, come on! I was like, peak championship! Right then, that peak non-league, let's face it. I mean, with this game, right, at the start of the season, because I, I know a Barnsley fan, and they notoriously don't do well with Sheffield Wednesday. I think no. it's some sort of weird psychological thing. And if they weren't where they were, if they were that where they where everyone thought they would be at the start of the season, you know, sixteenth, seventeenth, maybe battling relegation, this would this wouldn't be seen as such a bad mm. loss. But it's only seen as a bad loss because Swansea lost and Brentford drew and Reading drew, and this was their chance to move to sixty-seven points and really sort of secure that playoff place. That they're mm. you know eight games until the end of the season. They're five points clear of Bournemouth, but Bournemouth have a game in hand now. Mm, I don't want to see them fall out of the playoffs. I think it's more likely that Reading would or yeah. even Swansea or Brentford, considering their form, I don't think Barnsley are actually in any danger. 
Mm. Not not any significant danger, yeah. It's their no. first championship loss since January the 19th. In fact, their last loss in at all came in the FA Cup against Chelsea, which I, I know they should have won, but you know, it's the FA Cup, just move on, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's nine <laughs> wins and three draws in their last 12 matches. They've been playing phenomenally. Uh, it's it's annoying that a yes they lost to a side who are just dreadful and b but it's Sheffield Wednesday of all sides, honest to God. But I'm I'm, I'm looking at the positives. I'm looking at the Championship table, and I've I've unfortunately accepted that Wickham are going to go down. Yes, I, we all had to want, accept that. I don't want that to happen. And I'm looking at the other teams that are down there. There's Derby who. I just don't think deserve to be a championship club the way they're run at the moment. Mm, and then there's Birmingham, yeah. who are just utterly Birmingham. dire. That's a, and there's yeah. Sheffield Wednesday, who are just, again, horrifically run and deserve relegation. And then there's it's kind of Rotherham, just sort of in clubs. the middle. Mm. And I don't really have a problem with Rotherham, apart from the fact that they're championship standard. I mean, I, I, I love Rotherham, to be honest. I root for them as underdogs. It's fantastic. <laughs> Bristol City nil, Rotherham too. Well, thank God Alex Styles isn't here because he'd have to talk about just how bad Bristol City were in this game, and boy, were they bad. I, I like to root for Rotherham, and we've already mentioned just how great Rotherham are. Just 100% backing them all the way. But both times, both goals was it was just really shoddy defending. Daniel Bentley came out for the first one, just completely punched at nothing. As I said, I passed him, and then corner. There must have been all eleven Bristol City players must have been in the box, and yet none of them were able to get to it. None of them were even close. They're all ball watching. It's really, truly, just dreadful. But Rotherham get the win, and we all get to be happy about Rotherham winning a football match. So there's that. We have that going for us. Meanwhile, Norwich won, Blackburn won. Norwich's win streak in the Championship stops at nine. Their gap to second place, Watford, now down to a mere eight points. I mean, they're doomed. They're doomed already. They're not going up. It's over. But, yeah. I, I mean, just realised they're ten points from promotion. Yeah. Well, they're ten points from Leeds' total last year. Yeah. Uh, I meant from... Swansea Winning the league. Not being able to mathematically catch them. Oh, so, promotion. Actual promotion. Wow. Okay. Daniel yeah. Farker for the Germany job. You heard it here first. <laughs> Why would he leave Norwich for Germany? Is as a regular watcher of the Championship, Alex. Yes. Um, do you, is would this be one of the first seasons if Bournemouth were to somehow get back in the playoffs and win the playoffs, where all three relegated teams all went back up at the first attempt? I think it'd be the first time. I don't remember any time this has happened. I know. I can name a few seasons in which two of the relegated teams have been promoted. Yeah. But I can't think of a time when all three have been promoted again. Either or, because it's looking more and more likely that Watford are going to yeah. take that second place. Which I'm all for, because the cycling GK in the Premier League would be fantastic. Oh, be, I'd love that. He, he is he's fantastic with that. Anyway, yeah. McLean scoring for Norwich. The equalizer coming from Sam Gallagher. He's back! He's back and he's doing things. That's really nice. Preston nil, Luton one. The only reason I bring this game up, Alex Neal has been sacked by Preston North End after a, a not great run. To be honest, they've not been they've been playing really poorly this year, and <laughs> there have been times where they've finished low down the league under under Neal, but 
this time it feels significantly worse. He, he, the main criticism seems to be that he was always quite reactionary. He didn't really have his own sort of tactics towards the end. He started off, you know, with a, a set identity, the one that he had at Novich as well. But over the time at Preston, he decided it was better to react to what the opposition was doing, which meant that Preston never really had an identity or an idea of how they wanted to play football. And this seems to have really cost him recently. They've got reasonable players. They've got players who can really push up that table, but they're just not getting the results in. I would argue it was a deserved sacking in the end. I'm not particularly surprised that they've decided to part ways, but is there anyone who you can think of off the top of your head who would be really good for a Preston job who's, you know, would take it? Because it's a shame that they've done this just after Cowley's been hired by to say Portsmouth. Because he would have really done wonders with his, with, with his side, I think they're probably set up to suit him. But I can't think of anyone who's actually out there at the moment that would mm. be that would be right for them. Can you guess who the favourite is for the job at the moment according to the betting markets? John because Terry. This this is fun. No, weirdly enough, actually, it's the only job in Engl- in world football where John Terry's not the favourite. Frank Lampard. Barcelona, John Terry. Man United, <laughs> John Terry. Frickly Athletic, John Terry. <laughs> Wayne Bridges' team, John Terry. The Rosen Crown, <laughs> John Terry. Oh, five-a-side football that we go and play, John Terry. <laughs> the betting market the, uh, just really wants to get a job at this point. Uh, the Sport Alex editor Tubbrow at URY, John Terry. John Terry. <laughs> Is he coming for your... Wait, actually, I'm not, I'm not asked. Did you win it? Um, so Will sent in the, um, the nomination to, like... So I've got to wait until after Easter, basically. Oh my god! Well, just... Harry's not doing anything at the moment. So no one else was. No one else was running right though. So that's why I was just giving you it. I know. This is URY podcast. We are more than entitled to talk about URY. The favorite for the job. Get this. Gareth Ainsworth. Gareth Ainsworth, oh. Wickham manager. Would he I leave though. Would he leave? I mean, he's taken them as far as they can go. Right? There's, there's nowhere to go with Wickham. He he would if he left. Even if People he was said a bit, that about Eddie the thing is, I, yeah, I, the thing is, I don't think he would. Oh, Eddie Howe, that's a great idea. <laughs> he's not going to Preston. Apparently, he hates Preston. <laughs> Apparently, he's got real hatred of Preston North End, and I can't figure out why. I don't think it's due to his time as Burnley manager, which would be like the most logical theory, right? Hmm. But he was awful at Burnley. You think he'd hate Burnley more than Preston? So that's that's what I've heard. Apparently, he just really doesn't like Preston North End, and it's really confusing. But anyway, I don't think Gareth Ainsworth would join until the end of the year if he was to go. Though I would completely get it, and I think he I think he could you know improve as a manager and push aside up the championship table with you know not League Two players. Be useful, right? So I, yeah, I totally get that. Dan McInnes, um, another one of the favourites. Don't do that. And Callum Davidson, don't even know who that is. I'll be perfectly honest. Grant McCann is like at 10 to 1. Stop it. Just stop. Anyway, we'll move on. Watford 3, Birmingham 0. The only side in the promotion race who didn't choke this weekend. Well done. Well done, Watford. For not, you know, messing it up. Lee Boyer, Birmingham manager bounce lasted a whole game. And I'll be honest, 
their defending. Watch the highlights of this because their defending was truly abysmal for all three goals. It was absolutely awful. And of course, topped off um, the day for Birmingham with the Dong Must Go ban- banner, which he just looked like he was having a lovely time reading. It was just, it was just sat there looking at it going. So, yeah, a, a fun day all round for Birmingham City. There, there's no real point discussing this further than Watford absolutely deserve victory. Birmingham were dreadful. It's a shame, actually. I was thinking when we were talking about Birmingham earlier, I, I the main uni I applied for when I was applying for unis was the University of Birmingham. And had I had gone to Birmingham, I would be a Birmingham City fan. Because I wouldn't have picked Villa because I, when it comes to class rivalries, which is what Birmingham Aston Miller is, I always tend to side with a working class club and Birmingham a working class side in, in the city. So well, I would you have... could have gone even worse and gone <laughs> should as West Brom. West Brom, yeah. No, no thank you. It would have been fitting as well. I was at the University of Birmingham, not the University of West Brom. Can you imagine West Brom having a university like to themselves? Grim. I mean, if Bradford's got one. Yeah, but West Brom's even... <laughs> just worse plus if you, you think about do, it ooh, um you could do what Birmingham all those other City, kids from, from yeah, that sure. area did and just go go just you know uh follow manchester united well, hey <laughs> case in point uh exactly we're in the top as well today as... i'd probably go and watch wolves actually quite a bit yeah it's, it's not a uh, particularly it's like, hard commute no no it's like 15 minutes on the train yeah um but also Birmingham City is like right next to the uni as well, so you'd be mm. in there with your working class hipster vibes. Champagne but... socialists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, the big game of the weekend, Swansea nil, Cardiff one. I absolutely love Aidan Flint's like diving method. To get to that ball, to head it in for the only goal of the game, it was absolutely wonderful. The second tier podcast, which I highly recommend on on Twitter, put that meme of that guy diving into the door, which yep, it was absolute. It was the exact same as that. That's how he dived for the ball to head it in. Fantastic. Should have made it too. Kiefer Moore had the most golden of opportunities when Freddie Woodman just sort of passed it to him outside the box and then fell over, and then. You know, he, all he had to do was kick it, and he managed to find the only defender. It's truly wonderful. But yeah, while a much-deserved win for Mick McCarthy and Cardiff, still got a very good chance of making the playoffs in the Championship. Only four points behind Reading at the moment, who drew this weekend. And just a bit. Uh, by the way, I do want to mention, before we move on, I somehow ended up seeing Countdown this week. And Colin Murray was hosting it, which what? I just want to mention because Colin Murray was hosting Countdown. What more do you want in life? But I, I love him on EFL and Quest. He does such a good job. Real kudos to him. We'll move on then to La Liga and we'll start with Athletic Club 1, A-Bar 1. Um, Bass Derby, Bacice scoring a wonderful hit, a volley straight into the top corner. Nothing that Dimitrovic could have done about that. It was truly fantastic. Though, yeah, Athletics equalised... Athletics defending for the equalised from Abar, less less good, really suspect. I would recommend watching that as well, just because of how bad it was. I think it was Kike who scored the equaliser for Abar, which still leaves them in trouble, obviously. They're on 23 points. They're two points behind Elche in 17th. 
and their winless run continues. I'm worried. I'm scared. I, no, please don't go down. I'll miss can you I, so much. I won't miss you. I'll watch you in the Segunda, let's face it. Their can games you are ruin free your day more? Sorry, what? Do you want me to ruin your day more? Uh, 5.38 have them at 60% likely to go down. Uh, uh, I don't like this. I've used his own stats against him. But <laughs> <laughs> what is this sorcery? But... <laughs> On slightly better news, there's a reason to care for national, um, for international football because Brian Hill's in the Spain squad. Yes, more than Brian Hill in my life, please. I thought you refused to accept that international football had any value whatsoever. To the yeah, point but that's of... before I knew Brian Hill was playing it. Ah, oh, changed everything. <laughs> for those who don't know, it's not like some welder from Bristol. It's a player from Spain. Abar. Yeah, he is going to be one of our best players in the future. I mean, he's only 19. He's already ran rings around top defenders in La Liga this season for Eibar. They'd be much worse off if they didn't have him. But yeah, fantastic. And also, Diego Juventus is playing for the Spanish national side as well. I'm not. I'm probably not going to watch their games because you know I've got better things to do in my life. But I, I'm I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. I love that he's in the in the Spanish squad. Let's get on to the best game this weekend. Valladolid won, Sevilla won. I, I love this. I love the Bonner goalkeeper. The goalkeeper scored. What more do you want? It was really interesting, actually, because the ball nearly went out. It's always a corner in the 94th minute. It comes in, and then it's almost it almost goes out for what would have been a, a finger goal kick. And Bono starts to run back. He turns around to start to run back. But then he decides to stay. And he even said, I don't know why I decided to stay in the box. I just did. And obviously then the ball comes back to him. And it was a, a credit to him because it was actually a really good finish. Using his left foot to almost like pass it into the top corner. Really good. If a striker had done that, then I wouldn't be, you know, mentioning it at all. But And this game wouldn't be mentioned. But... It was absolutely fantastic, for a goalkeeper anyway. And yeah, surprisingly, his first goal for Sevilla. Who would have guessed? But yeah, absolutely fantastic. The interview after the game was a bit weird, because the commentator said... They interviewed Bono, weirdly enough. And he said, oh, so that was a good goal. Your first goal for for Sevilla. He went, yeah, yeah, it was a really, really good goal. And then he started asking him about how important the point was against Valladolid, as as if he'd suddenly forgotten that the goalkeeper had scored a goal like anything else mattered. It, it's against Valladolid, no one cares. Yes, it probably secures Champions League football for Sevilla, or at least their chances of getting Champions League football are now very, very high. But who cares? The goalkeeper scored... Are you not looking at what I'm looking at? And it, it's really bizarre, but Thankfully, somebody with common sense then interviewed him and talked about the goal and only the goal and suddenly everything was better again. He was able to talk about it more. And it was he, he was, you could tell how over the moon he was, as you'd expect. But yeah, a, a good point for Sevilla. I know I'm doing what he did, but 10 points clear now of Real Sociedad, who we'll go on to later. They didn't enjoy their weekend as much as Sevilla did. Atletico Madrid won, Alaves won. Atletico Madrid, only goal of this game coming from the very unsurprising combination of Kieran Trippier and Luis Suarez. Great ball in from Trippier, great finish from Suarez. It's what you love to see. 
and then as they look like they'll just get into the game, starting to calm down, feeling better about themselves, and then Alaves get a penalty, and looks like they're going to drop points again. Hosselu steps up to take it. Or Blackbird with a fantastic save. His arm positioning was really weird. If you look at like a a picture of it, like his arms are like in a really odd position. I, like they're all angled, and it doesn't look like a goalkeeper trying to save a penalty. It just looks quite odd, to be honest. But he did save it. I I'm worried about Atletico for this reason. They have not had an easy game in ages, and that's probably not going to really that's not going to help them in any way. It means they're going to be more tired. It means they're going to be mentally more worried. Every game recently has been a real struggle for them. Whereas, as we'll get on to, Barca have not been having this problem. And it feels like they just need a game where they show up, they take an early lead, they control the game, they find it really easy, and just leave with the three points with no drama, no controversy, no anything. They, they really need that. And they've not been getting it for a very long time. Meanwhile, Barcelona... In what was meant to be the closest game of the weekend, you know, oh, this is going to be a tough one against Real Sociedad. They, they, they could still get into the Champions League. Yeah, they won 6-1. Sergio Dest got two. He got taken off after that. He got taken off on two goals. I'd be furious. First goal to Barcelona, but he could have got a hat-trick. Um, assisted by Messi, the number of players who have been given their first goal for Barcelona by Lionel Messi now must be in the hundreds because... He just seems to assist everyone, and that's been the case this year as well, with several of the players coming through and playing their first games for Barcelona this time out. They have been phenomenal recently. They've been truly phenomenal. 15 wins and 3 draws in their last 18 games. I like Barnsley times too, so you know. That's a, that's a compliment and a half right there. But... Yeah, they have been fantastic. They're, for me, the overwhelming favourites at this point to win La Liga unless Atletico can actually turn it around. And I, I say that despite the fact they've won, but honestly, Barcelona have just been so dominant. And they do have a game against Atletico Madrid still to play. Messi has really improved in 2021. If you compare him to the star this year, and obviously this is Messi's level we're talking about, so he was phenomenal before. But since we've turned over the, the um, calendar, he has elevated his game even more. I'm not saying he's playing better than he has at any point in his life, but he just has been phenomenal recently. He's been really good. And I think Ronald Koeman deserves a lot of credit for how he's been managing this Barcelona side because he, he started off poorly, but I think he's learned a lot of lessons in this season and, you know, he's playing a lot better, uh, managing a lot better now and, you know, he's putting faith in the youngsters he didn't want to put faith in and that's being rewarded. And he's just doing a much better job now than he was at the, at the start of the year. And we talked about what the best and worst case scenario was for hiring Koeman when, when he was first hired. It, it's fair to say this is far past the best case scenario that we envisioned. Because they are actually playing better than they have done in a very long time. Maybe since, you know, the 2015, no, 2014-15 season. You could argue 2017-18, but the football wasn't overwhelmingly brilliant that year they're, they're just... looking they're looking like the team that's going to win the title now yeah absolutely how likely do we find it that Koeman will be given 
will keep the job in 2021 because it was highly expected that he would just sort of move aside at the end of this year, you know, when he first took the job. But now, uh, numerous Catalan papers reporting that he will keep the job in 2021. I mean, at this point, you can't really justify removing him. Who's on the market that they could actually replace? Yeah, yeah, that's the point. He's made he's made Javi. a case, Coman. Xavi, really though? Do you... Yes, they find they think it's destiny that he will take the Barcelona job. It's I mean, inevitable. But right now, really, right? Yeah, that, well, that's that was too soon. Rumor, Surely it's too soon. I, I absolutely agree. But that was the rumor at the start of the year that we were going to get Xavi in in twenty twenty one twenty two. He's more proven than say um, Pirlo has been at Juventus because Pirlo just walked into that job and. As much as he's been okay at Juventus, it's not gone well. Um, could, uh, could I say so I that Stefano Pioli could be tempted to leave AC Milan for Barcelona? Is that our new manager? I, I wouldn't be surprised if he if AC Milan didn't do didn't get into the Champions League this year. By the way, I realise I made a horrible mistake because we were talking about who our new manager should be to replace Paul Cook and Danny Cowley. As we should get him to try. We should say he should get every single job. I was watching Six Dreams recently, the first series, and one of the managers in that comes across as really nice. And I actually, you know, I changed, I changed my mind on him. I really root for him now. The person who should get the Preston job is Kike Setien. I don't. I, I just want him to get a job. Give, give him a job. He's wonderful. He's fantastic. Watch Six Dreams because he's brilliant. But yeah, Kike Setien deserves all of the jobs. Also, Mendilibar, if you have a, please don't leave a Mendilibar, please. <laughs> anyway. Moving on, Real Sociedad's response to this drubbing was a bit surprising, actually, because they just went, we're playing Barca, this was, yeah, there's nothing much we can do, they're actually really good at football, which is fair on one hand, but on the other hand, it is also worth mentioning that most teams don't lose 6-1 to Barcelona. That's on you, that's partially on you, and some of the defending was dreadful, but at the same point, it is also somewhat fair. The manager of Sociedad, who I forgot the name of, Apparently said to Koeman quite a while ago, back in January, you are going to win La Liga because you're just so much better than anyone else. Which might have just been him being a good friend, but, I mean, at this point, he seems absolutely spot on. Before we leave Spain, the RFEF, the Federation of Football in Spain, have released their new logo, bad. Bad. The previous logo, it's truly horrific. It's, it's, I, I love, you know, simplification, and, and modern sort of designs, but this is just dreadful. The previous logo was designed by um, Kion Miro, Miro, who is a famous painter in Spain. This logo wasn't, and I think it's quite clear to see that. I, I don't think they should have replaced it. I thought it was a really nice logo, to be honest. But it's part of all the RFEF modernization that's been you know going on it's recently. It's definitely gone in a more corporate direction. It's very corporate, isn't it? it it's is very, very clean, corporate. it's very... It's very un La Liga. Yeah, well, it's not La Liga's logo. It's for oh, Spanish. It's very un Spanish football. Yeah, Spain notorious for their you can't expressive... keep contempt out of your tone of voice, Alex. Which which one of us could we both hate it? Yeah, both have of you. you. Oh, have you seen uh, it? I it's, no. it's that it's that skeletal mean. Do you know how little that narrows it down? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seriously, if you haven't seen it, like. Look it, it it's up now bad. It's bad. It's just such a, it's such We're, a departure. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Um, I'm going to annoy myself by getting it up in front of myself again. I've, I've seen Josh's it's face. Just, it's bad, isn't it? What? 
<laughs> I have no words. <sighs> I, I half expect to see FIFA 21 in the middle of that circle. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Let's move on to the Bundesliga then. Bayern Munich 4, Stuttgart 0. So, Alfonso Davis was sent off. In that like was a red. Tenth minute. Oh yeah, it was absolutely a red. It was definitely red. Correct use of VAR. Yes. Didn't yes. matter. Didn't matter. So, interestingly enough, so Pellegrino Maserazzo had two theories as to why this happened, the Stuttgart manager, and I, I think they're really good theories. One, after the red card, Stuttgart thought there was suddenly an expectation to beat Bayern and got really, really nervous because they're like, oh my god, are we meant to now beat Bayern Munich? And, and that made them really nervy. Or two, they got really confident and thought, oh my god, we actually could beat Bayern. Here we go, we're going to beat them. And then, I think what's definitely true is that once the first goal went in, their heads just went down completely. And we'll get on to this later on as well, where one goal sort of swung the game entirely. As soon as they scored that first goal by Munich and Robert Lewandowski, surprise, then then suddenly they just couldn't cope with it. It turns out this Lewandowski fella is quite good at football. He's now scored 271 goals in the Bundesliga. He has scored 35 this season. Gerd Muller's record is 40. He's got eight games to surpass what was deemed a completely unbreakable record. What we've all assumed for all of our lives is an unbreakable record. That's bearing in mind, 40 goals in 34 games. He scored 35 in 26 games. Is he going to do it? Yes. yes. If he does, it's almost like he's got it in mind. I don't think he has. That's a weird thing. Because he always says, I I don't take a me-first approach. And when you watch Bayern play, they don't take a Lewandowski-first approach. They're not like they're feeding him the ball every time, going, we need to get him the record, we need to get him the record. Mostly because Bayern Munich already own the record, so it's not going to bug them either way. Mind you, though, most of their goals do come from Lewandowski. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not exactly like, oh, we're feeding him to get the record. It's like, if we want to win, we're feeding him and to think he almost joined Blackburn and got stopped because of a volcano in Iceland what could have been Blackburn winning the, the Premier League for the eighth year on the bounce <laughs> I'm just imagining Robert Lewandowski playing in a blue and white shirt with Venkies across the top and eating ice cream in like some sort of weird <laughs> advert that they have to do oh god I remember that the chicken one yeah yeah that was, that was but fun times very fun it times per- it was a perfect hat trick in the first half there's about five minutes after Davies went off for his red and Stuttgart looked like they could actually attack and then just Sane ran with the ball and just went yeah you're not coming near me and just passed it straight to Lewandowski and just slams it into the net yeah yeah and the headed goal as well he jumped a mile up and then he wasn't like you know straight in front of the keeper and just directed the ball at speed he headed the ball from distance into the top corner I mean it does help that he's built like this slender man so he can reach those notoriously high balls yeah, that's fair. Stuttgart's defending definitely didn't help masters, but Bayern Munich definitely deserved this. They were just phenomenal again. And it's springtime, and it's now time for Bayern Munich's annual waking up and destroying everything and everyone in sight. So that's great. That's, that's what we want to see. And also, when it rains, it pours in Stuttgart. Sealers and Mangatuka's out for the season. So that's just great. That's just what, what we want to say. Was it a challenge or... I f- I think it was a challenge and he sort of like fell into the advertising boards or something like that. But I didn't even show it on the Bundesliga highlights package. I just went, oh, and Tealess and Mangy 2 because out for the year at the end of the show. I was like, 
Oh, that's great. Uh, I mean, because I I didn't watch this game live, but luckily for them, they're not in danger of being relegated, which is really no. good for that. Which is really good for them. But it's it's been a really good year for Stuttgart. It's absolutely ruined their chances of European football and getting ahead of Bayer Leverkusen. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on it. I wouldn't bank on it if only no. because Bayer Leverkusen have a much stronger chance of just continuing to fall down the league table. No, but I'm track. It, oh, go on. As in getting past um, Freiburg and Union Berlin to yeah, get to that sixth that's little fair. place. Speaking of, get through it. Come on, we can do this. I'm track Frankfurt five, Union Berlin two. There's been nothing viewed more this week in Germany than that Robin Andrich on goal. But this was going to be a really close, entertaining, back and, back and forth game. And then Robin Andrich did that. He tried to play it back to the keeper. Didn't look where the keeper was. Played it back towards his own goal. The keeper fell over. And it just rolled in. And that made it Eintracht Frankfurt 2, Union Berlin 1 at the time. But that kicked off a run of three goals in six minutes for Eintracht Frankfurt. That meant they were 4-1 up, having only had three shots on goal. Just great. And they they did get one back in before the end of the second first half. Because as we've discussed a million times before, Max Kruse is God. But the game was already over thanks to that own goal. This is like what we talked about with Bayern Munich. Just as soon as that goal went in, heads went down. It was over. I've I've just seen the own goal yeah. and it's a brilliant finish right into the bottom corner. <laughs> Keeper had no chance. It's not though, is it? Because it's a p roller along the ground. It's a p roller along the ground. Do you know the what it is? Accuracy to put it so far yeah. away that the keeper panics and slips. Yeah, that's fair. Amazing. It's fair. It's, it reminds me almost like of Matt Letitia's goal under Massimo Taibbi in the sense of just like I was just rolling along innocently and then the keeper just you know forgets yeah. how to use his legs accurately. Um, if you've ever seen anyone slip on ice, it's what how the keeper does it. He thinks yeah. he can outrun the fall and just falls anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But Max Cruz is the best, and I love him. So, he, he got them back in at 4-2. If Andrich had scored at the correct end this time to start the second half, he had a really good chance, hit the bar. If he'd scored that, it might have actually been game on again. But he hit the bar, Frankfurt scored again, and suddenly it was game over. It's not disappointing to lose to to Frankfurt because they've been playing some phenomenal football recently. I believe they're pretty much at the top of the form standings over... Oh no, sorry, they've got 21 points in their last 10 games. It's a real improvement for them recently. They've been playing a lot better. So credit to them. I mean, it, it is actually, you know, it's it's they've been real impressive recently. They deserve a lot of credit for that. Tell you have not been impressive. Borussia Dortmund, Köln two, Dortmund two. This game sort of summarised by Erling Haaland throwing his jersey at Jorge Mere after the game and just storming down the pitch. I like Jorge Mere. He deserves better than that. He does. Jorge it, Mere deserves better. It, it's one of those as well. I, I can tell why he's so frustrated because let's be honest, this Dortmund side on paper should be beating this Köln side. Yeah. But yeah, to to do that, you know, I know you're probably one of the best strikers in the world, and I could only dream of kissing your left boot, never mind your right. But yeah, come on, Erling, do a bit better. I went. So I do ever meet him. I'm not going to ask to kiss his boots. It'd just be a weird thing. What is the I meant, I meant to say laces boots. <laughs> As in, uh, he said he's better not focusing this... on it. Mm. Oh, sorry. 
No, is he better than this yes. Dortmund side is a question. And then, if so, does he move now? Does he move next summer? Does he give Dortmund a chance to improve? Or is it Dortmund have served my purpose to help development and raise I my think profile and now I go to whoever? Entirely depends on if I met the Champions League. If I met the Champions League, he'll stay. Well, no, because the thing is, is Dortmund have a there's a buyout clause that comes in at the end of next season, which is worth 78 million euros. But that comes into play next season, and everyone knows he's worth uh, north of 100 million euros anyway. So it would be the steal of the millennium if they got him next summer. So they're going to try and sell him this summer. So why would you buy him if you think you can buy him next summer for 78 million? Because if you think you're buying for 100 million now, you're buying. He won't. He won't force a move if they make the Champions League. He definitely won't force a move. That's that's my view. And if how likely is it that they don't make it? That's the question. Well, we're four points behind Eintracht Frankfurt. We're playing really good football at the moment, so it's actually relatively... I, I would say there's a 6% chance I don't make the Champions League. 60? Uh, yeah, you're probably right with that. 5.38, In terms of Haaland, if he doesn't go this summer, I can only see him going to one place, and it's Bayern Munich. Yeah, honestly... Uh... It's it's horrible, and I know. No, it I is horrible. Say it. I completely agree. But it's happening. He's he's never going to Manchester United. In his you just life. know what's no, going to no, happen. He's not going. He's not going to Man United anyway. But uh, he'll use he'll <laughs> use United like Ramos did, like most of the good players have as a bargaining chip. You just know what's going to happen, it's don't PSG, you? It's Man City. One of those. Team going to Man City. Mm, Man City. I'm not. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Possibly. No, he loves Man City. I know it's hot. I know That's it's hard to stomach, Josh. I know it's hard no, to stomach. I don't. It's hard. I you know never thought he was pleasant. going to United. I never thought he was going to United. I don't want him at City, though. Do you know what's even more than pleasant? Picture this. Picture this. What's going to happen inevitably is that stop. In two please years stop time, talking. In two years' time, do you know what's going to? Do you know what you're going to have in the Bundesliga? You're going to have Erling Braut Haaland and Julian Nagelsmann at Bayern Munich. That's oh, what's I thought gonna you were going to happen on a different route with Jamal no. Musiala no. and Jude Bellingham. Yeah, no. it's it's over. It's over. What I thought Alex was going to say was he's going to spend a couple of years at City and Join then Leeds. he's going to go to go to Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the only one he needs to join then after that is Nottingham Forest, but for some reason, don't think that's going to happen. Imagine just, though, sorry. if Rodriozani just went, you know what? We'll stump up the buyout for him. I, I like if he. I think I'd have a heart attack. If 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 Leeds went in for him, like, and seriously put the money on the table for him, it, I mean, they need to show that they can make Europe. He's not joining a club that's not going to make Europe because yeah, sentimentality is one thing. He's really ambitious. The thing is, though. He could drag that Leeds team to Europe. He absolutely could. He absolutely That's the worst could. thing. <laughs> it's it's the best thing I think you'll find. Because not only does he have a love for the club, so wants to score. Yeah. He's Erling Braut Haaland. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be realistic. It, it's Bayern. We, we saw about Lewandowski. We've seen Hummels. We've seen Goethe. This, this See, only goes is, one way, doesn't it? The thing it? is, I can just imagine Lewandowski staying until he's like 57 and scoring goals every... So well, how old is he now? 35, what? I want to say. He'll do a Claudio Pizarro and stick around in the Bundesliga until he's about 45. One leg has already fallen off and he's still striking <laughs> a couple of goals every season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we'll get that very depressing picture of him joining Bayern out of our heads. I mean, Kuhn really needed a point, it's worth saying. They, they were sort of saying that after the game, it was like, 
I think Haaland scored in the ninetieth minute. It was saying, you know, we would have were disappointed because of how we conceded that final goal and when we conceded that final goal. But you know, they really needed a point. They're now only one point behind Mines in fifteenth. Barclay Mines won, but you know they're still they're keeping up. Is the point, and they they really needed that point. Would have snapped your hand off at the beginning of the game for that. Werder Bremen won Wolfsburg two. The two best strikers in the Bundesliga going up against each other. It's what you love to see. All we need is Matthew Hopper in the same game, and suddenly we've got the the trio of perfection. And of course, this game opened with Josh Sargent scoring in his own net for no goal. <laughs> Oh dear. Vuk on the other side did score his 50th goal in the Bundesliga. He's been absolutely incredible this year. He's obviously not been Haaland or Lewandowski because it's impossible to compare the human being to them two. But he has been playing phenomenally. And Wolfsburg now eight points clear of Bayern Munich with eight games to go. Their form has been brilliant. I'm, I'm really confident now, 85, 90% sure they're going to make the Champions League for the first time in forever. They, they look like they're going to get to the Champions League. And I'm yeah. all for it. There's, you don't see enough teams no, in green in the Champions League. And, you know, you could say they're a bit more corporate than other sides. Obviously, they are, like, essentially Volkswagen's sort of team. But I, I love that, though. But, yeah, they're not, you know, they're not Leipzinging it, I guess. They're not I don't timing it either. You're, you know, the members still actually have a say in how the club is van. So they are, like, a, you know, a real easy side to root for. Schalke nil, Borussia Mönchengladbach three. It's a real farewell tour this game because obviously Schalke are saying goodbye to the Bundesliga. I think we can say that. And Marco Rosa saying goodbye to Mönchengladbach in like the worst possible way. It's like a divorce where one of the where one of the sides burns a house down or something. It's it's not been great. Again, if you want a masterclass in how to not defend, watch this game because good God. Good God, Schalke's defending. Mönchengladbach can be disappointed if they only scored the three goals against Schalke because, honest to God, they probably should have scored more. God, imagine if Lewandowski played Schalke. He'd score 10. Are they going to play Schalke before the I end? I don't of know season? if they're playing Schalke before the end. If they are, then, then Lewandowski will break the record in that game just by itself. He'll score 41. They'll win 49 like, 0. I feel like for Schalke's welfare, Lewandowski should just step aside and not play that game. Yeah, but it's yeah. just it's, it's it's bullying at that point. The third goal, especially, mm, great, just great. Schalke haven't scored now in five home matches. Surprise! They need at least fifteen points from their last eight games for any chance of staying up. They have ten in twenty-six. So. Great, and also when it rains, it pours in Schalke because Ralph Rangnick has now decided he doesn't want to join the club. Apparently, the financial sort of aspect has said made him go. Oh no, this is going to be really much harder than I even I expected. So no, I'm not interested. All of a sudden, I'm I'm not going to lie. Looking at Schalke, no, they don't have to play Bayern Munich before the end of the season. Luckily enough for them, otherwise they would definitely hit to the negative 100 <laughs> goal difference. But the fact that uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach with that win assured themselves of not finishing below Schalke is good Good for them. Schalke needing 15 points, as you said, from their last eight games. Yeah. Which is fewer than they've got in 26. Or more than they've got in 26, sorry. Yeah. So just um, great. I can see Optimism them all around. See them relegated in mid-April. They're gone. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Meanwhile, for Borussia Mönchengladbach, they have hired just the best-looking man in football, Xabi or they are reportedly about to hire the best-looking man in football, Xabi um, Alonso, working for the Real Sociedad B-side in the Segunda Division B, the super simple to understand Segunda Division, Segunda Division B. It's an interesting hire. I think it's a good hire, though. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm for it for them. Understands, you know, no, can speak German, understands the Bundesliga. We'll give all the good players to Bayern, has, you know. Good. No, has he managed it. before? He's Sociedad managing B. the Real Sociedad B side. That's quite a step up. But it is a step up, but... If there is anybody you think... Up Guardiola, wasn't it, so... You think of all the people that have taken over, uh, you know, clubs from that generation of players, and Xavi Alonso is probably one of the ones you'd think could do a good job but anyway we'll move on then to our final game here to Berlin 3 by Leverkusen I mean I know by Leverkusen are not great at the moment but okay 3 against Hertha it's wonderful Peter Bosch before the game talked about putting some of his oh sorry after the Armenia Real Evolved game talked about putting his players on the naughty step I think he needs to find pretty large step at this point. Actually, don't need to find any step at all. We'll get on to why. And the Zifuik goal was absolutely wonderful. There's another one of them great goals of the, of the weekend, a real chance of, of winning goal of the weekend if, if you do that sort of thing. But, yeah, fantastic finish. Bayer's defending was... Oh, God. You expect you expect it from... It was Schalke. It was Schalke-esque. In fact, they feel like the Schalke of the top half at the moment with how bad they are playing. It's it's dreadful. It truly is. It was Leverkusen's seventh defeat in their last 11 games has resulted in the firing of Peter Bosch after his unsuccessful stint at Dortmund. And now, I mean, it's a surprising sacking because it doesn't feel like it's his fault. It feels like it's just how bad the players have been, the fact they've sold off good players in, in the summer. I don't get this. I think this is a bad decision. I think Peter Bosch is significantly better than, he, than his team have been playing recently. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't like it. Peter Bosch for Celtic. Yeah. Oh, and who should we think? Who do we think um, by Leverkusen should hire? Then I think we should hire Kike Setien. Final thing to mention before we move on. Then Florian Wirtz is in the German national team. There's reasons to care about international football. Not that much, but still. Final thing to mention before we move on. Then. Freiburg wore their yellow kits at home against Augsburg, and the reason was one of their players is colourblind, apparently, and they wouldn't have been able to see if Freiburg had been wearing their home kit. They wouldn't be able to distinguish between the two kits. So, Freiburg wore their yellow away kit at home to accommodate That's quite helpful. Yeah. It would have been a bit bad if, you know, one of their players couldn't distinguish between the two clubs. Anyway, we'll move on then to League Earn. PSG have gone top of the league, as we wonder, no one cares anymore. Let's just move on. Yeah, let's just move on. You know, Actually, let's, let's not, not move the rest on. Of the let's not move on immediately, though, because Lille lost to Nîmes. Uh, great. No winning three for Nîmes before that game. And then they, of course, just beat Lille 2-1. Deserved it. I don't understand French football. I'll be perfectly honest. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mets lost 3-1 to Rennes. I just wanted to mention that because it was just a bit sad. Though, um, Lons are into fifth in, in the league. So, yeah, they beat Strasbourg 2-1. Strasbourg have really fallen away since last season. They were Mm. Europa League contenders from memory, and they've just gone. Final thing to mention, 
Nantes won, Lorient won. Just watch the free kick from that game. Just watch. It's fantastic. It's like when you hit a beach ball on a windy beach and it just like flies off in the air, like mentally. It's like that. It was exactly like that. I don't know how it was scored, but it was absolutely sublime. As opposed to the times when you kick it and it goes like a metre in front of you and then 20 metres behind you. Yeah, unlike that. Syria, meanwhile, Spezia winning a game at the bottom of the table. Very crucial game. 2-1 against Calgary. Very important for them. It means they're now seven points clear with 10 games to go. Calgary still in those relegation places in 18th. One point behind Torino. Really crucial game for Spezia. There's a good chance they stay up. There's actually a good chance they stay up. Really nice. There's a good nice. chance a few teams that came up at the beginning of this season that will set up now. Including Benevento, who beat Juventus. 1-0. Yes! Benevento's first win in 11. I don't know if you've seen the goal, but the defending... From Juventus was something. It was very something. Does the career path of Filippo Inzaghi prove that Juventus were wrong to hire Pirlo? Because um, Inzaghi's first job as a manager was AC Milan. Failed spectacularly. Went to, I want to say, either Genoa or Bologna. Failed spectacularly. Now he's at Benevento, which is a, another step down in the sort of Serie A food chain. Working with limited resources, but doing significantly better. He's, he should have really started off with a, with a team like Benevento as opposed to starting at AC Milan. And it, it really is... Obviously, he played with Pirlo at Milan as well. It seems surprisingly similar to Pirlo getting a job at Juventus because they just, they just shouldn't have. There are the same noises coming out of Juventus now as there were last year when Savi was the manager. And, you know, oh, we'll definitely keep him for next year. We're definitely not going to, you know, like force him out or anything like that which is concerning it's just a lesson it's just a lesson to stop hiring I know I'm saying this as an Arsenal fan who's called Arteta but Arteta's at least kind of proved himself now and stop hiring former players as managers because it just it sours the relationship yeah absolutely final game to mention Roman nil Napoli 2 big win for, Big win for Napoli. Napoli there, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Four wins in my last five games as well. When when we look at them, they're two points behind Atalanta, two points behind Juventus, and six points behind AC Milan. Do we think they're likely to get one of them Champions League places? Game in hand as well. Good run of form. Didn't they beat AC Milan 1-0 the other week as well? I believe they did, yes. Yeah, it's a good run of form for them, which is good. Isn't Gattuso still their manager? Yeah, yeah Gattuso, yeah. Uh... It's... A, it's been interesting at Napoli. Mm. Uh, they've been quietly bubbling away there, and then suddenly have shot up. I mean, Roma seem to have fallen away a little bit. But um, I'm going to say fifty-fifty that they qualify for the Champions League. Fair Is enough. it top three from Serie A or top four? No, it's top four. Top four. Um, see, there's only one team there I can actually see slipping out of the top four, and that's AC Milan. Yeah, but they're already so far ahead. But I don't know if it's possible to catch them now. No, that's fair. Okay, we'll go into the news then real quickly. Sack Blatter's ban from world football has been extended by, what is it, six years? They're just waiting for him to die now. I'm glad he's been banned for more time, to be Mm. honest. Because he is a stain on on football. And his legacy still hangs over us with Russia, Brazil, Qatar. 
South Africa. When when he when he does pass away, and obviously we don't wish death on anyone, especially not for just like doing football bad. But anyway, I do feel like when when he does pass away, there it's just going to be that photo of that comedian who I've got the name of chucking money Simon on Brodkin. him. But it will just be that image of him chucking money on Blatter that will be everywhere. And Qatar yeah. will trend on Twitter or something. Twitter's still around by then. <laughs> anyway, in more lighter news, in, in better news, Alfonso Davis has become an ambassador for the United Nations Refugee Refugee Charity, UNHCR, which is really nice. Obviously a refugee himself. Um, his parents fled to Canada when he was very young. And yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal to see a, 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 young, a young player trying to have such a positive impact on the world and we really like to see it. He's the first, I think I saw something, he's one of the first players to ever become an ambassador as well. Mm. I mean, you'd love to see it. A real inspiration. Meanwhile, Gareth Bale has said that he will return to Real Madrid in the summer. He said he has no plans of leaving Madrid anytime soon. He's got one year left on his Madrid contract when he goes back this summer. I mean, is there any point... I mean, Madrid's got uh, better golf shame. courses than North London, it's, so I'm not it's surprised. It's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame this isn't actually the Saturday show, because then I'd be asking for a particular ABBA song right now. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, if they offered me half a million a week to sit on the bench, to I wouldn't. Actually, he, I wouldn't go. You know what? You're fine. I'm not interested in that he money anyway. Taken, he hasn't taken a pay cut to go to Tottenham because they split the wages. Yeah, I think it's just because of this upturn in form and how Real Madrid have dipped. And potentially as a Dan, you know, is he going, is he not? Um, there's a chance Bale could squeeze his way back into yeah. the team. I mean, it's some yeah, cost gonna... fallacy. You've already lost that money to him. You might as well use him. I've got the, the theory of... Because I know we're going to talk about Lucas Vasquez and mm. possibly him going to Bayern. More, like more gonna... reasons to be depressed. Yay! The Bundesliga's like... doomed. Oh, no. I feel like he's going to come in and replace Vasquez and be that right-wing player for uh, Real Madrid for one year to sort of get tied them over almost. And to be honest, he seems to be moving his career in a direction that is more akin to a cricketer or a rugby player where they play more for their international side than they do for their club side. To be fair, he did mm. grow up playing rugby, not football. So Yeah. I just see him playing for Wales and being a free agent. He, he is actually Wales. a Wales specialist. He he yeah. gains fitness for the Welsh team, which is a is a nice way of saying he doesn't ditch his international team. But True. Mm. I actually can see him playing out his contract with uh, Real Madrid and how oh, yeah, because of his well. up, because of his upturn in form will actually have uh, the opportunity to go to Bayern because they seem to always want a winger. There's there's never a yeah. time that they're not linked with some winger on this planet. Um, and I, I guess maybe Spurs might table an offer for him, but I think he's interested in playing abroad still. He's still got... There's some British players who will only ever play in the Premier League, and then there's some that catch the bug of playing abroad. And it's not a bug, yeah. because I think it's, it makes British football better if they do, but they go and play abroad, and I think... Uh, uh, more more, more of them would be great. I'll be honest, hmm. I'd love more English players in I, the Bundesliga and the Liga. I always stand by it. It would actually make the English... National team, better. oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Jaden Sancho, anyway, we'll quickly move on. Um, Todd Cantwell linked to moving to one of the Premier League's bigger boys. I think Tottenham, um, in particular, been really strongly linked with a move for him. So, the interesting dilemma is that Cantwell's contract expires next summer, so he'll be a free agent. So, 
They've got to work on a contract now. Now, we know that Norwich are going to go up to the Premier League. Does Todd Cantwell sign an extended contract to stay with Norwich in the Premier League? I, I would argue what he should do, or what Norwich should do, and I know I'm the worst person to be giving advice on contracts, but they should sign him with a relegation release clause because then everyone gets what they want, because he gets to play for Norwich in the Premier League, he'll get regular minutes, but if they go down again, then he doesn't have to have another year in the Championship. He has been yeah. phenomenal this year. He definitely you know, deserves that starting he... time in the Premier League. Yeah, no, it's, it's good to see that he's being linked with the bigger clubs, because he does deserve it, but I don't think he's ready to make that next step where he's the, he's the player they, that will start. Meanwhile, Malik Wilkes has been strongly linked with a move to Burnley, the Hull City winger, doing really well this year in League One. On a scale of 1 to 10, what's the likelihood of him joining a Premier League club this summer? And on a scale of 1 to 10, how good of an idea is it? Because I think it's a 7 likelihood. I think it's somewhat likely. No, 6. But a 4 in terms of a good idea. I think he should just stay at Hull for a bit. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Maybe go join a championship side. Well, hopefully he will be a championship side next year for his sort of standpoint. I, think, I believe they're still top of League One. Could be wrong. But up a half championship side, though. Yeah. I, I'm still surprised Leeds sold him, to be honest. I think he's got a lot of upside. Anyway, very quickly then, two more stories to talk about. Harry Maguire's chokehold challenge on Sazer Piliqueta is being used by the Premier League's um, head honchos as a clip to show that VAR needs to improve how Maguire escaped punishment for the hold on Azpilicueta. It's nice to see someone's taking responsibility at last. It was a bit of a reckless challenge. I think it's a good idea that mm. they can. They should start using VAR more retrospectively. Yeah, and final thing to mention, it's my story of the week from Football Italia. Inter-nutritionist Matteo Pincella had to wean Romelu Lukaku off bad habits after he arrived from Manchester United, including the ultimate culinary crime for Italians, pizza with pineapple. I, I think if you actually asked for that in Italy, they would punch you. And they have every right to do so. So, I used to work on a deli counter and make I had to make pizzas for a for a well-known supermarket in the UK. And every time someone asked for pizza with pineapple, I would just look at them and think I should call the police on you. Like it's just wrong. Yeah, it is absolutely <laughs> wrong. Just stop it. You're ruining I mean, pizza. The thing is, no wonder he didn't do well at Man United if they force-fed him that sort of rubbish. The inter-nutritionists are telling him he can't have pizza, but we already know. Pizza equals Premier League titles because that's how Leicester won it. it. Was pizza power? Oh God, I remember that. Yeah. No, it was actually just a little bell that Claudio Ranieri had. <laughs> that was only that was only once when they kept a clean sheet that time. Was that like really good pizza? Was, I no, thought I'm it was pretty, every I'm pretty time they, did, they won. I'm pretty no, I'm pretty sure it was. If if you keep a clean sheet in this game, I will give you pizza, and that was it. It's a great incentive. Pizza's not really great nutri- nutritionally, you know, like if you want to stay fit. Anyway, mm. on that great bit of advice that I'm not going to follow because I like pizza, that's the end of your Beautiful Game podcast. My thanks go to Alex St. Brown, Harry and Josh for joining me. URY is off. We've turned off the signal and everything, so we'll be back next Thursday. Maybe. Who knows to discuss something I'll, i might discuss burton for a bit who knows we might do a quiz we might should not we, should we not talk international football we should not talk international football i might say brian hill good and that will be it we don't need to go any further but thank you for listening and until next time goodbye